on episode 316 of Nintendo Switchcraft, A Tale of Two Switch, Microsoft wants to play Final Fantasy 15, not 15, 7 is here. I don't know why I said that. Speaking of Final Fantasy and your thoughts on indie games, all that and more on this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. Switchcraft is brought to you live three times a week on Tuesdays and Thursdays at 3 p.m. U.S. Eastern and on Saturday at whatever time I can get to it. Tune in live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by Andrew W. Get Switchcraft and my other content ad-free for as little as a dollar over at patreon.com slash runjumpstomp. Well, it's been over two years since the Nintendo Switch first was released, and it's been a pretty great two years. I, I definitely have to admit that uh, this console has more hours of gameplay from me than any other console that I've ever had. Now, not, not as much as PC, because I played only PC games for a very long time. I uh, didn't have... Uh, a console that I really used. Uh, so that's the reason why PC is always probably going to edge out the amount of, like it's always going to win out over the amount of time that I spend with consoles just because for those like 10 years, uh, I didn't really play console games very much and I played a lot of games on PC. Like I played nonstop. Uh, so it's going to be tough as I get older to ever match that. But that being said, Let's talk about something that I think is really, really important for Nintendo Switch. And that is, uh, yes, Pakio in chat is asking, is it because of World of Warcraft? Yes, it was because of World of Warcraft. <laughs> uh, I played a lot of World of Warcraft. I love that game. Uh, but the reason we're talking about uh, the two years is because we, we've heard rumors many times that Nintendo is bringing new versions of the Switch out. And every time I have said, no, it's too soon, they're not going to do it yet, uh, Nintendo tends to take their time uh, when they revise hardware, but that's not always true. Uh, in fact, if you look at the DS, not the 3DS, but the DS, the Nintendo DS came out and two years later, the Nintendo DS Lite came out. Only two years from the DS to the DS Lite. Now, if you go to the 3DS, that gap widens to four years. But two years, I feel like that that's probably safe. For, for me, somebody who bought the Switch um, on launch day, if they bring out a new system... I feel like I've had two years with the Switch. I'm not upset about that. Now, if you bought a Switch yesterday and that happens, then I think that people would be upset. Now, let's talk about this rumor. This rumor comes from the Wall, Wall Street Journal from Takashi Mochizuku, uh, who I'm really sorry if I ruined your name, man. Uh, he is basically like their... Japan correspondent for the Wall Street Journal. And he's posted some rumors before. Uh, in, in fact, he's posted rumors about this before. Uh, but he recently 
posted on Twitter and uh, in the Wall Street Journal that we should be expecting two new Nintendo Switch models this year at E3. Uh, This would be kind of huge uh, for Nintendo to do that. It would especially, it it would very much accelerate sales for the Switch. Not that they need accelerating. Sales have been really, really good for the Switch. I covered... I'd covered Nintendo Switch sales for the last two years extensively. I'm not going to talk about it again uh, unless there's like ridiculously huge news. But um, the, the the Switch is selling like hotcakes and this would only speed things up. And it would only speed things up because, uh, well, actually, let's talk about the two versions that, that, uh, that the Wall Street Journal says that we are likely to get. Um, they said that there's, there's a possibility of getting a cheaper version of the Nintendo switch. Uh, this cheaper version, uh, will remove vibration. So the HD rumble will be gone and detachable joy cons. Now, some might say myself included that HD rumble is one of those features of the Nintendo switch that is really, really important. But at the same time, uh, Nintendo doesn't really sell it. Like they don't really point out, hey, this game has HD rumble. And I, you know, sometimes I think they should because games like uh, Blaster Master Zero and Blaster Master Zero 2, they they do a great job uh, using HD rumble to make you really feel the game. It's it's pretty amazing. I, I think HD rumble is awesome. And if they take it out of the cheaper version, I understand because it's not a feature that is super important to gameplay, but it is a cool selling feature in my opinion. I think it's really cool. And if you've never used the Nintendo Switch, first off, you probably have because you're listening to this show. But if you've never used the Nintendo Switch, then you would be, you would say, well, who cares about HD Rumble? It's not really that important. And you know what? At the end of the day, you're probably right. It's not super important, but I think it's a cool thing, and I'd be too bad that it's gone. Now, why would they remove such a cool feature? Well, I have the Pro Controller, which I, I can't reach right now. It's over there. Uh, I've got the Pro Controller. If you're watching the video, you can see it hanging on uh, hanging on the wall over there, uh, as well as the Joy-Cons. And one of the things that I've always complained about with HD Rumble is how the... the um, the Pro Controller just doesn't feature it nearly as well as the Joy-Cons. And I almost think it's because they use the same uh, motors in both the Pro Controller and the Joy-Cons. And the Joy-Cons have such a small uh, footprint. They're much smaller that that same motor really can vibrate those controllers. And the, the Pro Controller is so much larger and has so much more inertia that the same motor is just not going to have the same effect. And if they're remo- if they're taking off the removable Joy-Cons in order to make this cheaper version of the Nintendo Switch, then I think the the main issue is that the Joy-Con or that the HD Rumble just isn't going to do enough to vibrate the whole Switch enough. Um, and they're they're looking for ways to cut costs so that they can have a lower priced uh, machine to sell to younger players. I think 
Now, even as I say this, I don't know that that makes a lot of sense. And, 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 you know, like I said, I don't, I don't, I don't, um, I don't decide what I'm going to say ahead of time. Everything that I say on this show is just off the cuff. So even as I say that stuff, it, I start thinking about when I've played Blaster Master Zero in handheld mode. Uh, there was this cool moment at the pretty early on in the game. I can't remember exactly when, but pretty early on in the game where there is a level where there's water going from one side of the screen to the other and you can feel the water move across it. And I, I think that while it doesn't vibrate the switch itself, it's just vibrating the Joy-Cons, you know, I kind of take back everything that I just said, except for the cost-saving measure. I think Nintendo's looking to save cost because I do think that the switch is thin enough. The switch is thin enough that the Joy-Cons are able to transmit that rumble, even if the they're just even if the rumble is just felt in the in the the grip itself. I think that's probably enough. So, I think perhaps that argument that I was just kind of saying kind of goes out the window. So, why are they removing it? Probably just cost. I mean, and again, this is all rumor. We don't know anything, but I'm gonna guess that they're probably just trying to get that cost down to as low as they can possibly go. Maybe they can try and sell the Switch. I think that, I think a good price for the Switch would probably be, I mean, an insane price for the Switch would be $199 for this uh, cheaper version. I would really like to see it get down to $199. I think a really good price would be um, $229 would be a good price. And, but I think what would probably happen is 249 with a pack-in game. Uh, and that's probably what we would end up seeing. Uh, 249 with a pack-in game. Sell this a little bit cheaper. Make it a little more palatable for people to invest in multiple switches or switch, whatever the plural is. I've never really been able to settle on that. Uh, multiples for your house. Uh, because most houses, they focus on just having one. And Nintendo said at their investors meeting earlier this year that they really want to have multiples per house. That's not the only switch that there's that's rumored about. They're also talking about a, a more powerful version of the switch. Well, not necessarily more powerful. Um, a version that has enhanced features that are targeted at avid video gamers. That's the quote uh, from the Wall Street Journal article. Um, I, I know that there's people out there and they're saying, they're probably hearing, hearing me say that or reading that someplace. And they're probably thinking, okay, well, if that's the case, then all these games that are exclusive to PlayStation or exclusive to Xbox or just on the other two consoles or only on PC and they're not on the switch because it's too hard to port. Those are suddenly going to come flooding towards the switch. I don't see that happening. I don't think that they're going to make a more powerful version of the Nintendo Switch. Because if they did that, then some publishers, like publishers who make stuff for the PlayStation or the Xbox, like they would they would say, okay, well, we're going to port our game, but we're only going to target that, that more powerful model. And if that's the case, that bifurcates the 
the market for Nintendo Switch. And now you've got people who are confused. You know, somebody goes to the store and they buy a game and then they bring it home and they put it in their Switch and it says, oh, I'm sorry, you can't run this because your Switch isn't powerful enough. That's a very bad experience for uh, for a consumer. And they're not going to blame the, the publisher. They're going to blame Nintendo because it's going to say the Switch can't run this game. Um, and that's going to be bad for Nintendo. So I don't see them making a more powerful one. What I do see them doing is uh, making features that can take advantage of more power without making it so that the games themselves can use more power. I don't know if that makes sense, so I'm going to have to qualify. Um, right now, the Switch is running on, I think, a four-year-old Tegra 1, Tegra X1. It's a Tegra chip, and it's old. It's four years old. And even before the Switch came out, there were new versions of this chip that were more powerful. And Nintendo decided to go with the old the old chip. There's... um. The guy who invented the Game & Watch, and this is off memory, by the way, um, Mr. Oh my God, I can't remember his name right now. Uh, he invented the, the D-pad and the Game Boy and the Game & Watch, and oh my God, I can't remember. I did a podcast about, about him on America's Next Top Podcaster, and his name is just escaping me. Uh, I'm sure that there's people yelling at the at their radios radios radio uh yelling at their phones right now how come you can't remember this guy's name um but for some reason i can't um somebody in chat will tell me i hope please chat help me out uh that guy uh, he he had like a a motto for nintendo and it was it was I, i'm paraphrasing obviously because it's it's japanese uh but his motto or the motto was really Nintendo doesn't do cutting edge stuff. They find ways to use seasoned technology in new ways. So they use this old uh, Tegra chip and they used it in new ways to make uh, make something new. Uh, no, Smash Block, it's not Shigeru Miyamoto. Um, oh my God, it's his mentor. It was his mentor. The guy worked on the factory floor at Nintendo and he made like the first toy that Nintendo ever sold. And Mr. Mr. Yamauchi was on a visit to the show floor and he saw this and he said, you gotta make these for Christmas. And so they made them for Christmas and Nintendo made a bunch of money. And that guy went from being a mechanic on the factory floor at the Hanafuda uh, card company to being like the head of R&D one for Nintendo to make video games. Uh, eventually after after a bunch of other stuff but i can't remember his name i remember like everything about the guy except for his name uh anyway uh so this old tegra chip you know nintendo was using you know there were new versions of it even before nintendo uh brought out the switch yes yes it was mr go yokoi gunpei yokoi thank you very much smash block in chat gunpei yokoi is the name of the guy so now we've got that mystery solved Okay, I can try and refocus my brain, get it right back on the road here. Um, so the Tegra chip, all right? I think Nintendo could put a new chip in the, in, in the Switch, and a lot of people would say, oh, awesome, now we can run things at higher frame rates and blah, 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 blah. 
No. What that allows you to do is make a lot of things about the switch better. A lot of the det detractors of things that that when it comes to a portable system, like a small screen, maybe they can make a switch with a bigger screen. And I know that when you look at the switch, I'm going to grab mine real quick. When you look at the switch, the the size of the screen is kind of dictated by the size of the Joy-Cons here. So I know people would say, well, hold on, why would you want to make that screen bigger? Then you'd have to either make the Joy-Cons bigger or it wouldn't be a nice rounded rectangle like we have now. And I totally understand why you would say that. But if you look at the Switch, and if you're watching the video, you are. Uh, but if you're not watching the video, that's okay. No big deal. Um, trying to turn the screen back on. The uh, borders on this thing, the bezels on this screen are huge. They're massive, massive bezels on this. You could really shrink the bezels on this the way that phones have had uh, bezels getting smaller and smaller until we're looking at the ridiculousness that is this, where there's almost no bezel on my phone at all, and they have to have a notch in order to uh, put the front-facing camera on there. You could shrink the bezels down. And the problem with shrinking the bezels down is now you have more screen to light up. You've got more pixels to push. And by doing that, you put a bigger drain on the battery. But if the chip, the next Tegra chip, is more powerful and more efficient, then it can do all of the same things while using less battery. So now, you can have a, a switch that is, has, has um, the same battery life, but a bigger screen, maybe even a nicer screen, because this screen's okay, but it's not wonderful. I, I, it's a giant step up from any screen Nintendo has ever put in a portable console ever. Um, but still, by today's standards, it's kind of meh. Should they put in a 1080p screen? No, I don't think that that's necessary. Well... I mean, maybe it's necessary. It depends on how much more powerful the chip is. By putting in a 1080p screen, you are you're really increasing the amount of processing power that has to go on in that Tegra chip. However, if you don't put in a higher resolution screen and you make the screen bigger, then it's not going to look as good. A perfect example would be looking at the 3DS versus the 3DS XL. The screen on the uh, on the XL is much bigger than the than the regular 3DS, but it's the same resolution and everything kind of looks blurrier. And that was one thing about the XL version of the 3DS that I didn't really like. Even though that was my preferred version of the 3DS was the bigger version, uh, I didn't like how the screen looked. It always looked a little blurry and that always bothered me. So increasing the size of the Switch's screen, that that could cause blurriness, but it really depends on how much you make it bigger. If you're just getting rid of those bezels, then maybe it wouldn't affect it very much. So uh, I would like to see the, uh, the, um, the, I guess the XL version. I would like to see the XL version uh, running everything exactly the same, except on a newer chip, 
at a lower battery impact so it would run the batteries about the same amount by having a bigger screen uh, maybe having a better screen um i would love it if the 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 light version that's the version that i was talking about before i think it would be great if that light version of the nintendo switch the rumored nintendo switch light uh if that used that same new chip you know because it, it's more it, it it's it's probably better if they're buying all the same chip rather than having a, a, a an older chip in the the cheaper version uh because that that'll extend you know this this d the i almost said ds light the switch light by rumors is supposed to be more of a portable thing you know it doesn't have the detachable uh joy cons and you want that to have a longer battery life so if you're if you're not making the screen bigger uh you're keeping the screen the same size you definitely don't want to make it smaller making it smaller would be a huge mistake unless they drastically redesign the nintendo switch to be like maybe a clamshell design then i could understand why they would do that but i think that that i don't know that would blow my mind if if it, if this came out as a clamshell design where you've got the controls under the screen and the screen folds down over top of the controls that would blow my mind uh think of like the game boy advance sp that was the one that was a clamshell design i loved that design it was really comfortable to use um but i don't see them doing that with the switch now i'm trying to decide if that's what i would want or not <laughs> uh anyway I, I would want them to to use that same chip to make this extremely long battery life uh for for that and i don't know i want to know what you guys think uh are we on the road to a new nintendo switch or is the wall or two new two new nintendo switches or is the Wall Street Journal a grasping at straws? And we have to decide, is this called the new Nintendo Switch? The Nintendo Switch XL for the big version? The Nintendo Switch Lite for the little version? Or is it some other uh, moniker? I don't, I don't know, but it's very, very interesting. And I can't wait to, till E3 and we can find out what the hell Nintendo has up their sleeve. Or... We could all be setting ourselves up for disappointment because the Wall Street Journal got us again. Uh, you know, a, a lot of people put a lot of faith into them. And uh, sometimes that faith is misplaced. So keep, keep, your, keep, keep your expectations in check and uh, always take all of these, these rumors with a grain of salt. Uh, Vaxer in chat says he thinks it's too early to make a new switch. I disagree. Uh, I think right up until uh, March 3rd would have been too early to make a new Switch, but it's been two years, and I think I think now is fine. I would prefer another year, but I think that I think now would be fine for them to update the Switch as long as all the games are compatible on all Switch, except for of course games that heavily feature hd rumble like one two switch like you can't play one two switch on the 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 switch that doesn't have the hd rumble or actually detachable joy cons and honestly i can't believe i didn't spend any time talking about the fact that they're going that that it's possible that we won't have a switch without detachable joy cons that's really strange and 
I know it's kind of part of their marketing, the way that things snap together. But it all depends, like this could succeed or fail miserably. And I think it all depends on how Nintendo does the messaging. And if the past couple of years are any indication, Nintendo has their messaging down. They really screwed up messaging during the era of the Wii U. Uh, they did a horrible job with messaging during that time. I think that they've got their messaging under control, and I think that they could make this work. But it's going to be a fine line. It's going to be a dance on the on, on the razor's edge. But uh, I think Nintendo can pull it off. Hello, Luke. Hey, listen. So this is pretty interesting. There's a Resetera user who had was visiting GDC. Lucky. I want to go to GDC. Uh, and... They were hanging out at the Microsoft booth and they saw a Nintendo Switch and they were kind of curious about that. So they they asked the people in charge of the demo and the people in charge of the demo said that they were working on making an SDK that would work on Xbox, Windows, Android, iOS, and Nintendo Switch. Uh, this is, what's it gonna do? It's, it's don't don't think that this is Xbox Live on Nintendo Switch because that's not what this is. Uh, this is something that they want to sell to developers. Microsoft, they want to sell this to developers so that developers can use this SDK to give them some cross platform features. Now, the whole thing started out as an accessibility feature uh, doing voice to text which if you've ever played Apex Legends, it's this really cool thing where everything that is said in the game can be closed captioned, even the other players. So the other players, like they can be like, um, there's enemies over there and then it'll, it can come up on the screen as, hey, there's enemies over there. Like it'll translate what they say in real time into text on the screen, which is really cool. Um, it'll even bleep out their, their swears. I mean, you'll hear their swears, but it'll like get rid of the words, which is, is really neat. Now, uh, this, that's the X, uh, the voice to text accessibility feature that they were working on. This is Microsoft, not, uh, EA games or excuse me, respawn entertainment. Uh, they ended up, you know, the little feature creep happened and, uh, the feature creep ended up expanding into, uh, leaderboards, matchmaking, party and server and lobby support. And basically, Microsoft is trying to help developers with cross-platform stuff, which makes a lot of sense because Microsoft doesn't have the biggest platform right now. So they want developers to build in cross-platform stuff so that when people look at the, you know, they're they're in the store and they're like, well, I can buy this on my Xbox or I can buy this on my switch or i can buy this on my playstation and you have all three as an option maybe you'll pick xbox but if all your friends are playing on playstation and you don't own a playstation you might just say well i'm not going to buy this game at all but now because of cross-platform now maybe it'll work um although notice notice what's not mentioned here and that's playstation but that's that's for another show i'm not going to spend time talking about that um what was I talking about? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So the the the, the uh, Microsoft went to Nintendo and they said, "Look, here's this thing that we want to do. What do you guys think?" And Nintendo 
was pretty enthusiastic and supportive with Microsoft for this, which is awesome. I love the way that Microsoft and Nintendo were working together. I wish Sony would pull their head out of their rear ends and uh, work with these other companies in order to make the gaming uh, platform better as a whole. I think that that would be great, don't you? Um, but anyway, I think it's kind of cool. Uh, it's called Party Fab. I don't know why they called it Party Fab. I think it's weird that it's called that. Uh, but, you know, if you want to know more about it, you can click on the link in the show notes and uh, uh, it'll take you right to that article. Uh, let's talk a, b- a little bit about Final Fantasy VII. And I do mean a little bit because we're already at 29 minutes. I'm going to lightning around the rest of this. Lightning, um, Final Fantasy VII is finally available on a Nintendo platform. It's been a long time getting from there to here. We've been waiting for a really long time to play this game on a Nintendo platform. I'm probably not going to buy it. And it's not because it's not a fantastic game, because it really is a fantastic game. But I already have it on my PS4. I already have it on my PC. I bought it on PS1. I I have it. I, I might actually have it on my iPad. Uh, I've got Final Fantasy VII pretty much everywhere that I need it. And I don't know that I need to buy it again. But you don't have it in all those places then buy it because it's 15 bucks i mean hell it's 15 bucks i still might buy it i haven't decided yet it's hard for me not to pull the trigger on this game because i loved it so much uh speaking of final fantasy uh the director of um a final fantasy 14 sorry it took me a second to get the the number out of my brain uh he was, they recently had like this big uh, to-do over at, uh, from from um, from Square, where they were talking about expansions and new races and classes coming to the, to the, to the platform, or to the game, uh, or just races, not new, not new class. Oh, no, no, yeah, new races and new classes. Uh, they brought out the, the, like banana, banana, bunny people and cat people, although I was confused because there's already cat people in that game, so I don't follow it too closely. Uh, but Yoshi P or um, uh, Naoki Yoshida, he's the game's director. Most, most, uh, just about everybody calls him Yoshi P. Uh, he was interviewing GameSpot, and he said talks with platform holders has been ongoing. The fundamental philosophy with Final Fantasy XIV is that we want it on labels with cross-platform play with any devices, hardware possible. So as long as regulations with the counterpart hardware companies, we can actually pass that, then the possibility, the chance is quite high of Final Fantasy XIV coming to Xbox and Nintendo systems, which would be awesome because right now it's only on PC and PS4. And that's too bad because it's a really good game. I'm a big fan of of, uh, Final Fantasy XIV. I play it in fits and spurts. Um... Uh, So he goes on to say, so we are talking with Nintendo, Microsoft, and Google, of course. So it looks like Final Fantasy XIV might come to Stadia as well. I'm going to take a second to do a quick plug of my new podcast, StadiaCast. Look for it wherever podcasts are downloaded soon because we're having trouble getting it on iTunes for some reason. Um, He said, we cannot say anything at the moment, but we are still in negotiations. Once we have the details, we can make an announcement. We can bring the news to everyone. We are currently nego- n- currently negotiating with all platforms. 
this is a game that absolutely needs to be on the Switch. It's an MMO. It's a great MMO. And it would be fantastic to be able to play wherever, you know, pull out your Switch, connect it to your phone, get some crafting done, uh, put your Switch away, get home, dock it, log in, play with your, uh, with your friends, run a dungeon. It would just be amazing. I would love to see that stuff. Uh, okay. So last episode, before I get out of here, last episode, I asked you for your thoughts on uh, the, the, the best indie games that not everybody knows about, like the sleeper hits of uh, indie games on the Nintendo Switch. And I'm already at past the 30-minute mark, so I'm not going to talk about the ones that people sent me today. However, look for that on, on Thursday's episode. I've got a couple of emails about uh, sleeper hits uh, for the Nintendo Switch, and I will read those then. But you don't have to wait until then to get into contact with me. You can send in your sleeper hits. What are some of your favorite indie games that you want me to uh, th that you want everybody to know about on the Nintendo Switch? You can email me runjumpstomp at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Twitter at runjumpstomp. Uh, you can. Use the Anchor app to call and leave a voicemail. It's super easy, uh, super, super easy. Use that Anchor app, call, leave a voicemail. Keep it to under a minute, though. And, um, you know, let me know what are some of your favorite indie games that are on the Nintendo Switch that you feel like they just didn't get enough attention. Maybe they came out uh, when Smash came out or came out against some other huge title. And so nobody paid any attention to them and you think it's a shame. Let us know. That's it for this episode of Nintendo Switchcraft. If you want to become a part of the community, you absolutely should. There are awesome people here. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash discord. Uh, you can also watch the show live over at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp. You can get a hold of me in the ways that I said earlier. And if you're looking for ways to support the show, it's super easy to do. Head on over to runjumpstomp.com slash thank you. And for more content like this, check out my other shows over at runjumpstomp.com slash shows. Uh, you can check out the music from today's episode over at my website as well. I hope to see you all soon. Thank you for listening. Until, uh, until next time, stay awesome.